This morning in North Carolina, wheels are spinning. Determination is winning. A passion is now a thriving business, and it shows no signs of slowing down. How? The power of a conversation. Like the one Clint Spiegel had with First Horizon Bank about starting a bike wheel manufacturing facility in Asheville. Now it's not just talk, it's rubber meets road. First Horizon Bank. Let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Clint. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Royce, we thank you so much for your time today, sir. You bet. Give us your opinion. Why could the Atlanta Hawks beat the New York Knicks in a series where you have a good mix of young players with Trey Young and John Collins and Kevin Herter and DeAndre Hunter and some veteran players with uh, Danilo Gallinari, Lou Williams, and Clint Capella? You know, I think the reason that I kind of like the Hawks in this series is that they they really have a really uh, well-rounded team in terms of depth. Uh, clearly, there, there's the youth question is going to going to play in first postseason experience for a lot of these a lot of these guys, but they do have a good mix um, with some of the veteran players. Some of those veteran players are high-level contributors, high-level role players um, that are accustomed to performing. In, in these types of situations. I think also you can't uh, underestimate the, the Nate McMillan factor. You guys were just talking about it um, with the way that the Hawks have kind of changed their style and their structure, the way that they play. They're, they're playing better defensively. They're uh, more intentional with their possessions. I think that Trey Young has been less of a gunslinger and more of a game manager, and you're really seeing um, his, his kind of well-rounded offensive talent where he's not just somebody – it's cranking long distance threes, but he's somebody that is raising the level of the offense uh, in general. So I just think that that kind of bodes well for, for a series. Now, obviously what the Knicks do really well is they, they grind and they play hard nosed defense and they're going to make possessions difficult on the Hawks and that, that could catch up to them. But um, for the most part, I like the Hawks just because I think that they just are more balanced and they have more overall talent. Royce, what's the national perception of Trey Young in the NBA circles? Yeah, I think for, for Trey uh, is he's you know somebody that, that the book on him was uh, a, a player that is lacking on the defensive end and needs to improve there, needs to get stronger, all those sorts of things, and that he's just uh, you know purely an offensive talent. Um, I, I think one of the, the the things that's gotten lost on Trey is um, how dynamic of an offensive player that he is. You know, I've, I've I've known Trey for a long time and watched him play in high school. And his, to me, his true gift is as a passer. And I think that he, his vision is top tier in the NBA. And if you just think that the guy is a Steph Curry clone that's trying to bomb away from three and score 30 points a night, I think you really kind of have the wrong perception of Trey Young. So, you know, I, I think for a lot of people, they haven't seen him as a winning player. They see him as somebody that just wants to score points and put up stats and that he doesn't commit to doing things that like play, play defense. But, but Trey Young is a guy that is highly competitive. He plays with a chip on his shoulder, and he really, really wants to win. So, and, and I think that you've seen that within him, especially the second half of the season, of him kind of adjusting the way that he plays, tried, like I said, to try to raise the level of the offense around him rather than just try to do it himself. 
NBA writer from ESPN.com, Royce Young, Royce Young joining us via the Hobson and Hobson Newsmaker line. These two teams, the way that the NBA has made the shift over the last seven, eight years um, to running and gunning, shooting three-pointers, and then trying to close it out at the end are really good examples. The Hawks are a really good three-point shooting team at you know 37%, but the Knicks are second in the NBA at 38%. How much will the three-ball impact or be impactful for both of these teams in this series? Yeah, it's a great point, and I, you know, I think that you know that's that's largely what decides uh, NBA basketball games now is, and really within that, it's it's not just about how many like what percentage you make of them, it's how many you can take, because that that is what a lot of opposing defenses are trying to now scheme is is you know teams are gonna gonna take threes on you, so you won't limit the the amount that they can get up because every team can shoot, every team's got shooters, every team. Um, can make threes at a high level, and they can change the game so dramatically. I mean, you know, in terms of six points, you just need two possessions to get six points if you make two threes. You need three possessions if you're going to make three twos. So, like, that that, that has really kind of just changed the perception and the way that people play offense in the NBA. Um, So, you know, when you talk to coaches and scouts around the league, so much of the priority is is not just about, you know, we got to close out, we got to contest, we got to make it hard on them. NBA players are going to make threes. Sometimes it doesn't matter how much of a uh, how how well you contest the shot, how well you put a hand in their face. They're going to make them. So what you got to try to do is run them off the three point line and force them into those lower efficiency shots. And um, you know that's something that the Knicks do really well. Uh, that you know they they kind of put uh, opposing offenses into uncomfortable situations where they're they're running the clock and they're taking low efficiency non paint uh, twos. And so that that's what what you're trying to do is limit the amount of threes that teams can take because if you limit the number of them even if they make a good percentage they're at least not making a lot of threes they're, they're making a fewer fewer number of them overall Royce how big of a series is this for John Collins we know that he turned down 90 million dollars early in the season from the Hawks and then he's probably thinking he's a max player uh, what does he have to do for him to maximize his money that he's going to try to make this offseason yeah you know one of the things is is that when you walk into a postseason series, uh, all eyes are on you, right? You know, like this is when people are really paying attention. And the Hawks have been a team that, that has gained a lot of attention throughout the year because they're young, they're fun, they're upcoming. Uh, that, that gets people talking about you. But, you know, there's a lot of good players and a lot of young players on uh, a lot of teams. It's about how you perform in the postseason. How does your game translate in the playoffs when it, when it really starts to count? And it really starts to matter. So I do think for someone like John Collins, it's you know there's you know how well is he going to defend? Can he make make significant impacts on both ends of the floor when it matters? Can he can he guard his guy straight up? Can he can he play well and help defense? Can he make impactful winning plays down the stretch? And if he does those sorts of things, then he's going to earn every penny in the offseason because you know, I think really especially over the second half of the season he has really stepped up and played well. Um, you know he. The book on him has largely been that he's a high flyer, he's a dunker, he's an alley-oop option. But people that pay attention to him know that he's got a well-rounded offensive game. He's somebody that has improved a lot as a shooter, and and he's somebody that can that can play a pop action and a pick and pick and roll. Um, and and he's he's also a, a great weak side defender. So if he can if he can produce all those types of things in a postseason series when everybody's paying attention. He's going to make himself some money this summer. 
NBA writer from ESPN.com, Royce Young, joining us via the Hobson and Hobson newsmaker line. And then on the other side of the ledger, uh, what do the Knicks provide as a problem? They were able to sweep all three games. Julius Randle looked like the Terminator in all of those yeah. games. You just couldn't do anything, get him out there away from the block when he got on the post. Um, do they have enough firepower to keep up in a series when it's not just a one-game scenario? And what about Thibs? Tom Thibodeau is a guy who clearly knows how to coach a team and get the most defensively out of the players he's given. Yeah, I think the Knicks are going to try to win these games like 94-92. It's going to be like old school Eastern Conference <laughs> basketball where they, they're going to want to like dig in, play long possessions, make it difficult on you, um, and just kind of grind out these games and try to win in clutch time possessions. Like you said, Julius Randle is the heartbeat of the Knicks. He is what may, has made them so good. He's turned into an all-NBA caliber player, and he is a difficult matchup one-on-one, not just for the Hawks, but for anybody. And, and really, Julius Randle's been that, um, especially since he got to New Orleans a couple of years ago, uh, where he became a difficult one-on-one player to defend. You're going to have to send help on Julius Randle. Um, he's really improved overall as a passer, as a player that is committed to playing on the defensive end. You know, I think Tom Thibodeau, um, that's one of the things that he does is that he generates a defensive scheme that can accommodate for the limitations of individuals on the defensive end. Uh, and Julius Randle's a great example of that. He gets guys to buy in and, and really um, play that into the floor. So, like, that's going to be the forefront for the Hawks. Is that they've got to, you know, I, I, I don't want to say that they, they're just going to have to accept the fact that Julius Randle's going to score on them because you want to make it difficult, but they're going to have to send multiple bodies. And, you know, guys like Danilo Gallinari, uh, you know, I think Nate McMillan's going to have to get creative with some lineup situations, playing maybe Gallinari at the five, trying to spread out the Knicks to some degree, because you don't want to get caught in isolation and one-on-one matchups where the Knicks can just abuse you um, and, and take advantage of those situations. You know, they've got good young players, too, that this is their first playoff experience. R.J. Barrett is walking into his first postseason experience, too. So they're going to be relying on some young guys. But at the, at the core of who the Knicks are, it's going to be Julius Randle, and everything's going to run through him. Well, Royce, we thank you for your time and the info, and we look forward to having you on again and catching up with you later down the road. You bet. My pleasure. Royce Young, NBA writer from ESPN.com. A lifetime of hard work, children laughing in the kitchen, family photos on a restaurant wall, a legacy that lives on. It all comes from the power of a conversation, like the one Tommy Hall had with First Horizon Bank about taking over his father's Charleston-based restaurant business. Now the table is set for a whole new generation. First Horizon Bank. Let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Tommy. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. The fan is ready for brave season. Are you? 3-1 smoked high in the air, deep center field, and heading for the horizon. A home run by Olsen. We're streaming every game of the Braves 2024 season free on the 680 The Fan app. So make sure you download it now and don't miss a pitch of the Braves this season.